What's up and welcome back to Kind of Funnies, Pixar in review. That's right. We are ranking and reviewing every movie that Pixar has released. As always, I'm Tim Geddes, joined by the Nitro Rifle, Andy Cortez. Fantastic to be here. First try on the intro also. Mm -hmm. Exactly. The big dog, Kevin Coelho. Hey, Tim. The people that are watching on Patreon know it's not the first try. <laughs> and of course, it is Christmas in March, Joey Noel. My mic absolutely did not turn off for no reason. I don't know what you guys are talking about. And going to uh, one of the only people on this cast that nailed the intro the first time, the producer slash seducer, Nick Scarpino. Mike Wazowski, everything's perfect. You guys did a great job. By the way, the, the Patreon producers watch early, not because they want the content early. They they go on to see the shit show that this podcast is sometimes. The, the potential I'm, I'm, that we have. Oh, yeah. yeah. They, part mm -hmm. of them are just, they're out there taking predictions on whether or not this thing's going to just go down in fucking flames, <laughs> and I love it. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for everybody that doesn't know what happened that's not watching live, we started the show, Andy, killing the game. Two and a half men references. It was awesome. Man. Go to Kev. There were some issues. Go to Joey. There was just nothing. <laughs> Joey's, was Joey just started talking, and then everything my just issues, shut down. My <laughs> issues were that I started muted like I always do, so I need a second to unmute. Mm -hmm. I, I got all kinds of craziness, that. Tim. I'm not on, mm. on, on you know, my own. Like I got Paula working here. Uh, yep, She's exactly, randomly yelling exactly. about stuff. There we Cecil, go. There we he won't go. shut up about anything. You know what I mean? Cecil's, at, so Cecil's got a, a piano lesson behind him. He's like, boop, 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 boop. <laughs> Keyboard dog, let's go. <laughs> Monster Zeke, what a great movie. Oh, my God. This <laughs> is Kind of Funny's Pixar in review each and every week right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny. We do two different in review franchises right now. We are doing Pixar and Godzilla, but we got the Justice League Snyder Cut next week to be excited about as well. Um, but today we're talking about Monsters, Inc., and everybody knows that because you're watching on YouTube.com slash kindoffunny or roosterteeth.com. You might be listening on your favorite podcast service. If not, you could be by searching for Kind of Funny Reviews, and we'll be right there for you. If you want to get the show ad-free and watch live as it's being recorded, you can go to patreon.com slash kindoffunny, just like our Patreon producers, the nanobiologist, and Sven McHale both did. Thank you both very, very much. Today we're brought to you by MeUndies and Keeps, but I'll tell you about that later because I want to talk about Monsters, Inc., a runtime of one hour and 32 minutes. I love these Pixar movies. Stay like this forever. <laughs> yeah, please. I know. How, oh, they don't. Nice what and great tight. storytelling oh, yeah, in such a don't. tight little runtime. Released on November 2nd, 2001. Directed by Pete Docter. This is the first Pixar movie not directed by John Lasseter. Uh, Pete Docter is an American animator, film director, screenwriter, producer, voice actor, and chief creative officer of Pixar. He's best known for directing the Pixar animated films Monsters, Inc., Up, Inside Out, and Soul. So this motherfucker, he knows, some good he, he knows yeah. what's up. Nick Scarpino, what's mm -hmm. up? Do you think his parents wanted him to be a doctor? Um, he has described himself as, quote, a geeky kid from Minnesota who likes to draw cartoons. So probably... But okay. jokes on them, you know what I mean? I just feel like his if name, name, last name was Doctor. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you for okay. picking up on that. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah, but I'm saying, saying, like, not, like, they're not great cool, jokes, right? guys, but I'm like, I if you them. have a doctor come out and it's like, what's your name? Doctor, doctor. It's like, all right, you don't you're have not a real medical license. Get out of here. Get out of here. Nobody's taking Get out of here. You're not looking at my foot. You're done. Get out of here. Joey, do you know what Mario and Luigi's last name is? I don't. It's Mario. You're going to have to look at that information in your head now. Uh, he's His been nominated Mario, for Mario, 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 Only Luigi, Mario, mm -hmm. right? That's mm -hmm. just movie canon. It's, I don't yeah. know if we need a clarification for that's the why they're joke. the Mario Bros. <laughs> like we got the we understood the Doctor joke. I don't know if we need explanation on it. <laughs> 
<laughs> Pete Doctor has been nominated for eight Oscars, winning two for Best Animated Feature for Up and Inside Out, not for Monsters, Inc. He won seven Annie Awards, or wait, nominated for seven Annie Awards, won five. Uh, uh, he won award. a BAFTA yeah. Children's Film Award and a Hochi Film Award. The Hochi is the one that I don't think is real. Uh, music by Randy motherfucking Newman once again. So he is, <laughs> what is this, four for four up to this point? I, I'm going to say this, and, and, I, and, I, and I apologize for for whoever put it out on Twitter, I, I, I meant to remember your name, but I just didn't put the effort in. But someone said, how have we never started calling Andy, Andy Newman? I did. I have been yeah, so I many times. You, I think so have you really? This is a content for you. I have <laughs> never heard you call him that before. I Kevin, called have you him heard him call Nick, him that? Nick, if he makes you the feel last, better, I've never heard yesterday that Yesterday I called him it. I called him it yesterday on yeah. the Kind of Funny oh, podcast. No. <laughs> really? I'm not on that podcast, Tim, so I don't yes. I'm not on that podcast either. But Kevin ran the show. Nick's on it. Oh, God, none of this matters. <laughs> what does matter is that Randy Newman is the fucking goat. Here we are talking about John Williams. And you know what? The, what has he done lately? You know what I mean? We got Randy Newman here. I didn't fucking know he did the music for this. I didn't know he did the music for Bugs Life. All we know is that those are classic-ass freaking soundtracks that define the tone and feel of these damn movies. And Randy Newman's He's in there, man. He's important. He's the Kevin Feige of the Pixar universe, as far as I'm concerned. He is the glue holding holding that whole universe together, just like, like his little brother Andy Newman's holding um, the, in, the in review universe together. Andy, can you give us a little something? Just give me a little flourish or something. Of what? You could have literally been like gong. He would have been like, yeah, you could have done anything. You could be the younger experimental Newman brother. Here we go. This Here movie. we go. I have, I have something for you. Science, science, science. Is you have to, I really like that, but you have to do it as Randy yeah. Newman. Yeah, you have to do it as Andy though. Newman. <laughs> I started to go into the form. I started to do the facial movement. Science, science, science. We can. Kevin. Everybody. <laughs> this has a budget of 115 million and a so box great. office of 577.4 million dollars, making it the third highest grossing film of 2001 behind what, guys? The third highest the prequels? Harry Potter the Sith. Oh, oh. And Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. Oh, that was too highly rated. Mm-hmm. There we go. Awards. The film won the Academy Award for Best Original Song for If I Didn't Have You. This was Newman's first Oscar. Previously, Newman had been nominated 15 times in the Best Score and Best Song categories, Bad but never won. Right there. Some bullshit. We can all agree, though, that the one in Harry in, uh, in Toy Story 4 was kind of the one where, like, all right, we're just not really doing it anymore. Hey, a bunch of toys. No, right. I forgot what it was, but it was just not good. I oh, it was like it was really slow. I can't like, let you throw I, yourself away. Yeah, you don't bring me back to the house anymore. And you're like, wait, what? they're just he's just saying what's happening on screen right now. Even, Randy, did you go back to the hotel room and write the lyrics like we asked you? No, but the thing about Randy Newman that I really love is like, okay, we can make fun of his singing because it, it it sounds funny. Like, sure, we all know that, but. The the composing, the scores are just freaking. No, he's just great. So We're just giving ridiculously him shit. Yeah, good. Of course. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's when we hit the outro song and we hear John Goodman singing along, and I'm thinking this just sounds like Randy Newman, not vocally, but obviously the music just sounds like Randy. Did they just take a B side? Did they take something off the cutting room floor in Toy Story? And I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, because it just sounds like this could belong in the Toy Story universe, but it's. 
beautiful John Goodman's voice singing. I but that's John the song Goodman. that won the the Oscar there. I Andy. love John Goodman. Uh, so yeah. the movie was also nominated for best animated feature, but it lost to Joey. Harry Potter. I have no idea. Isn't animated that a fun feature. Game playing. Just I was Shrek? listening. Yeah, you're... yes, Shrek. Wow! Exactly. Thank wow. you. Wow. Yes. <clears throat> yes. It was also nominated for best original score and best sound editing, but did not win those. This movie's better than fucking yes, sir. Shrek. Andy Cortez, what what do you think about, about right? Monsters oh. Inc? This movie absolutely kicks dick, dude. I love this movie. <laughs> I like. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what I'm excited about. I wouldn't have thought that was a good thing, but apparently kicking dick. As great my thing. wife yeah, stood dude. up and walked away. That was that was I the think, thing that pushed too far. That was it. I think it's it. one that will just you know. I I, I I say that, but all these movies I feel are going to age pretty damn well with the humor and with everything that they're going for storytelling wise. This, I think this was the one that solidified me as I'm just ride or die Pixar. I know that whatever they're going to put out absolutely slaps. And this one was probably my favorite one. I I don't want to say the best Pixar movie, but I think just overall favorite one, similar to Marvel, where Thor Ragnarok is my favorite, even though I don't think it's the best of all of them. Yeah. I think Monsters, Inc. is just front to back a beautifully told story with an awesome villain and a really cool sort of a plot happening behind the scenes with the with kidnapping of children i love steve buscemi in this i think um billy crystal and john goodman are just fantastic and there's no other duo that they could have picked that would have been better for i was gonna say I was gonna say Jake and Sully <laughs> for uh, <laughs> for Mike Wazowski and for Sully. Um, it's it's perfect, dude. The humor in this movie still absolutely works. This is one of my favorite movies, and I've seen it, God knows how many times. I I just think it's a, a an incredible movie. And then once again, shout out to Disney Plus and their awesome streaming quality because God dang, this thing looks pretty as hell for it being so old. For it being in two thousand one, and for it to look the way it does, thanks to their codex and their resolution i just had an absolute blast and um i this had me so high on the idea of monsters university and i never saw monsters university because the Mm. when it came out it just kind of there wasn't a whole lot of love for it and i'll I'll never forget leading into monsters university just thinking what a perfect idea let's see these guys back when they're in school let's see their origin stories and i just like the, I was kind of like it's like Mass Effect Andromeda for me. The reviews came out. I was like, oh, it hurts. I don't know if I could put myself well, through this. You're gonna this be movie watching it in a couple couple weeks. This Exciting movie times. absolutely rules. Loves it. Kick dick. Nick Scarpino. I mean, yeah, I love it. I, this movie's great. I mean, everything that Andy said, spot on. Casting's great. Story moves along at a very fast clip. Um, and I'm just, I mean, I've seen this movie maybe three or four times in my life. I'm always just so surprised at how emotionally impactful it is at the end. That last shot. And it gets me every single time to the point where I almost I was like, oh, God, they're so good. And it's just it's the strength of the performances. It's the way it's shot. The cinematography in this is great. Um, and it's just a very fun movie. That's that's meaningful. Yeah. I mean, there's not much more you can say about it. It's just a great film. Pure imagination, man. Yeah. So creative. Super creative. <laughs> Joey. So <clears throat> before this on paper, I feel like this would have probably been my favorite probably still is uh just because i love i think the sully and mike dynamic is like so good and the way that both of them interacted through i think is 10 out of 10 plus 
Randall, I think is really fun. But I will say after watching A Bug's Life, I was a little bit disappointed with the way that they built out the monster world because I feel like the bug world was so detailed and had a lot more imagination and creativity than the monster world did. So I will say that it did uh, let me down a little bit in that part. But other than that, like it compared to how 10 out of 10 everything else is, I feel like this still ranks out pretty high on at least my favorites list, if not the like overall list. Yeah, because we Kevin don't really Koala. see the monster world a lot, right? We only see it for like a yeah. couple shots, like the sushi restaurant, and then you when they're walking to work, and that's pretty much it. It's a good point. Yeah. Kev, what'd you think? I, I really enjoyed this movie. Rewatching it now, and trying to be more critical about it, I don't understand how trash smell is like a smell they spray on, but they also have trash. Like, you know, like they know that that's trash. So does that smell good to them? Yeah, they yeah, love I think it. So. I it's think like how so like when you when you want to put like a like a like a citrus scented perfume on, but we also mm-hmm. have oranges. You you know what I mean? You can rub it on your face, that you that can eat simil- it. That's like, same with them. But like that's yeah. their their waste. No, so they Nick, like Nick's the smell it right of the waste. Here. It's interesting. Yeah, don't you, know you, know what I mean? you ever like, like it's a good by it's good. Mm-hmm. Just, but I was very uncomfortable by that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because they well, I like that he picked the wet dog. Which is even worse somehow. Right, but like the fact that we saw like we didn't see any dogs that were wet. We saw like smaller monsters on leashes. You're definitely picking the right things to use your critical eye on, though. Yeah, poking holes in the overall universe. I really thought Kevin was going to come in and be like, you know what, you know what, the the second act really just doesn't align with the ideology of the first. That's your evidence that this movie isn't perfect. Is that what you said? That's hilarious. Oh my god, it's a good movie. It's a good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love that Kevin know, makes himself laugh. You never, know, yeah, you never know. Did he have more to say, or is that the end of it? Who, who the <laughs> well, that is, I mean, what else can you say? You know, I found flaws in it. There they are. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I agree with Kev to some extent. That man, this movie is so near perfect, and like, I'm not even trying to pick it apart, saying it's not, because like anything that I didn't enjoy about it was like over before I even could could think about not liking it. What a fantastic story with amazing production value. And, you know, it's still in that early Pixar phase where the, they haven't nailed the humans, but this movie's not about humans. It's about monsters. The monsters looked great. The hair on Sully was fantastic, and I, it had me looking at it like, how the hell did they do this in 2001? Especially comparing it to the dog a couple years back in Toy oh Story God, 1. That, that nightmare oh fucking gosh, dog yeah. that walked around yeah. was terrifying. <laughs> So it's like all that stuff obviously is very impressive. And I think us doing Pixar and review, watching the movies so close to each other, like in uh, release order is going to be fun to see the tech kind of evolve and change. Yeah. Uh, but the tech doesn't mean shit if there's not stories and, and characters to back it up. And man, Pixar just, they they really get it. They know how to, to make something mean something. And um, I think that this movie has really really high highs and doesn't really have lows and the 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 emotional highs uh or the emotional moments um and beats you you feel them although none of them like even the boost stuff like i didn't cry and not that crying is the end all be all of like is this good and it did do did it do its job because it definitely did but i do think that this movie doesn't hit as hard as some of the other ones on an uh, emotional level um and so that's me more thinking about like because last time i'm like this movie edited i'm like how am I going to rank this against the Toy Story movies? That's fucked up. Yeah, this is fucked You know up. what I mean? <laughs> this is really and it's like, it's, it is the MCU type shit where, okay, cool, we're on top tier here. And Pixar might have a very large top tier section. I mean, that's, yeah, this that's is great. That's, 
their their top tier is is like very deep. That's uh, what, to that's, me like, and that, that's the thing I was gonna say. To me, like, I would have agreed with you prior to watching it the second time. But there's something about this last rewatch when I was sitting there as I was taking notes and like actually writing the beats down, where when he opens the door and says like "boo" and you hear her say "kitty," I was, I'm mm. just like, it gets me every. It's yeah. just so good it's so perfect the way it's shot he opens it up and the light hits his face and then you just hear her voice you don't even have to see her it's fucking perfect Mm -hmm. perfect Perfect. a huge shout out to the obviously the the people who cast this movie because or also shout out to the the audio people because they picked every perfect piece of child dialogue for boo yeah, like everything that she says (laughs) is so perfectly (laughs) childlike like there's so, so much of it is nonsensical where they are not even reacting to the world. It's they're just kind of it's gibberish at times, and it's perfect. And sometimes it works, and it's contextual, and it's perfect. Um, but I just love everything she says. I'm just I'm laughing because I just think of like my nieces when they were kids, and like you know something you know I don't know. I could have maybe like scraped my knee playing football on the street or something, and they're just like talking about whatever, like not even whatever's happening around me doesn't really matter. It's all what is inside Boo's head. It's it's so adorable. I think she's fantastic. And what's incredible about Boo is as I was watching it, I was like, damn, it's crazy that I care so much about this small little kid. We're supposed to hate kids. We normally hate kids in things because they, they, they ruin it. And, you know, Pixar is so good about having the weird little sidekick characters. But this is proof that they can make anything work, that they had a freaking toddler be the most endearing, awesome thing about this movie. And as I, it was going, I was like, how did they how did they write this? It's too good to yeah. be able to be written. And I was looking into it, and it sounds like a lot of it wasn't written. And literally, they, the girl was two and a half, this girl named Mary Gibbs, who's the That's voice cool. of Boo. Wow. And they just like followed her around with a mic and recorded a ton of stuff. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> and then and, that's, and then they just used that for so many of the, the sections. They, there were lines, obviously, that they needed to get to yeah. progress the plot and all that. But uh, she was too tiny and restless to actually... <laughs> talking to the proper mics in the recording studio. So yeah, they just followed her around with the mic and just let her play with toys and play with uh, uh, dolls of Mike and Sully and shit. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like that is so great. And then Boo's character in the movie ends up being called Mary Gibbs. Like her actress character is the name of Boo's real name. Which is pretty cool stuff. Uh, I just want to point out that Sully has 2.3 million individual strands of hair. Thank That's you, Andy. Thank you very much so for, for dropping the facts that people are looking for. Uh, it normally took 11 to 12 hours to render a single frame of Sully because of his 2.3 individually animated Jesus. hair strands. Uh, computing power is measured in render marks. Toy Story 2 uh, in 1999, two years earlier, required 1.1 million. Monsters, Inc. took 2.5 million. So shit's getting crazy. This is where I started learning about render farms when yeah. I would watch the behind-the-scenes and not knowing that there were just giant warehouses full of PCs, and all these PCs were doing were just rendering frames. Uh, it's so cool. All the tech that goes behind it um, really blew me away. And then learning that Pixar has their own proprietary software, too. It's like, God, Pixar just has it all. It's ridiculous, dude. The so movie wanted- ending with the credits, and it's like, the Pixar Animation Studios, Emeryville, California. It's like, oh my God, they are yeah, right 15 here. minutes away. They're so <laughs> cool. crazy. Yeah, the other, I forget. I forget. It was like six or like six months ago. I was driving around Emeryville for some reason. I had never been there before, and I just randomly turned down a street and like looked, and it is just there. It's just you're the just big like, balls there. Shit. Yeah, yeah they have the big um, wall in the Luxo is his name, right? Is I just light? remember there being like 
A little lamp. Yeah. yeah the yeah. like the, I don't know. I think that would be just a cool place to work. But um, I just want to just give a shout out to Billy Crystal in this because I feel like Amazing. John Goodman plays Sully perfectly, but Billy Crystal plays Mike. First off, the name the character's name is uh, Mike Wazowski, which is Mike. for a monster <laughs> the funniest fucking thing you could possibly name a one eyed ball, like green bald monster, right? And I feel Who's like as neurotic as he is. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I feel like Billy Crystal saw that and was like. I'm going to just make this my own. And he he plays it so he plays like um endearingly innocently stupid that it's perfect, right? Like he did he's sort of a, not getting it the entire time, but then he but he but he means well. And for Billy Crystal, he usually doesn't play a character like that. Like he usually plays a character that's a little bit more sarcastic and kind of with it. And yeah. so I think that was such a cool role for him to take. And John Goodman's just good hearted, you know, John Goodman, which he usually is in a lot of the stuff that he does. But those two played very well off of each other for sure. Billy Crystal was originally offered a role for Buzz Lightyear, uh, but he declined, which he later regretted after seeing the movie. Uh, and he said it would have been a great opportunity for him. They would later promise Crystal a future role in a Pixar film that they would tailor to his talents. Crystal was like, do what's best for your movie. Yeah. Don't forget me when something good comes around. And then uh, Crystal's wife received a phone call from John Laster, who told him, Mr. Laster would like to speak to you, allowing him to voice Mike in Monsters, Inc. Love it. That's rad. Because he is so you nailed he's, it, Nick. He's, he's so he's perfect. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like if we're talking about perfect casting. Steve Buscemi is yeah. ten out of ten, unreal. So perfect as this sleazy little salamander Chibi, that is just little, like evil. Also, I and I don't mean this as a, as a huge insult. So please, if your name is Randall, don't take this. <laughs> don't take this. Just take this with the spirit with which it was intended, which is pure comedy. But what a perfect fucking name for that weasley little piece of shit character, Randall. And if your name's Randall, you know exactly what I'm fucking talking about, Randall. <laughs> weasley, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it so much. Let's get to the plot. All right, ladies it's and gentlemen. It's time for the story. It's time for the plot, Nikki. There it is. It's better. <laughs> I, I, I say it wrong. I'm normally supposed to sing the end when it's yeah. You got a friend in me. Yeah, you got a friend in me. You know, but I I, I started at the beginning. So this time I'll do it right. Wait, hold on, hold on. Um, you, it's time for the story. Yeah, tell us the plot, Nikki. And I'm fading out, and then you come in. Monsters, Inc. <laughs> We scare because we care. Uh, and right off the bat here, guys, knocking it out of the freaking park with the hand-drawn, like, old-school 1960s Pink Panther doors that are coming in all over the place. Yeah. Sets the tone perfectly for this. Tells you, hey, you're just going to get art in this movie. Uh, and then we open on the scariest place in the world for a kid. His own room. Uh, the closet door opens and and we see he sees an arm reach out, but on second look, it's just a shirt. I love that because it freaks the audience out too. And then a monster creeps up to scare him, but when the kid screams, the monster loses it and stabs himself in the ass with some jacks. But guess what? It's a training simulator. Uh, and Mister uh, Mister Bile made one big mistake. He left the door open. Why is that so important, Tim? Because you could let a child into the monster's world. And already when I watched this, I was like, what? An unbelievably creative movie. What a great pitch for this movie. It's mm -hmm. from the monster's perspective, and they come through the closet door. 
And dude, what a great opening scene to set up the rules of this world, of the universe, and not only that, of what this movie is about to be. I love how much this room comes back throughout the movie oh, yeah. in different ways yeah. Like great setup. as the plot progresses. It's fantastic. Also, it reminds me of the Kobayashi Maru from Star Trek II Wrath of Khan. So you will see yep. some parallels there next time. Just yep. throwing it out. Kind of, except for the fact that like this is designed <laughs> to like be it. finished, like to yeah. be completed. Yeah. Yeah. Not, yeah. So kind of the opposite. Not like it at all. Whatever. Appreciate the name like drop, though, Nick. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, but they're both uh, course, simulations, so Nick, I see the connection. I there is a connection, right? Yeah, it's know, shared it's, universe, maybe. I don't know. We'll see when, when we get to the. Yeah, there's never usually a connection in my shit. Uh, okay, there's nothing more toxic or deadly uh, to the monster world than a human child, according to Mr. Waternoose, uh, who is played by James Coburn, who has a great voice for this role, too. Also, I totally – it's been a while since I've seen this movie. Man, when he turns heel at the end, I was like, oh, shit, I forgot about that. It hurts. It hurts, it hurts. bad. Because Sully yeah. remembers that he exists and is like, I can go to him. This is my yeah. bro. Like, we've been yeah. together since the start my of my career. This guy brought me and up. And like, no, yeah. greed. That's the real I love, guy in this movie. It's like when we one day find out that Greg <laughs> Miller is a serial killer. It won't shock us, but yeah. we'll just be disappointed. But we'll still feel hurt by yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Well, no. Yeah. We, we'll have seen all the signs. People are like, did you see the signs? I'm like, yep, we saw it. We Did you remember that? Yeah, 100%. We totally knew mm-hmm. when this was happening. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Welcome. Let's see. The only, okay. Uh, of course, we get some other backstory. The only reason they risk all of this is because the whole monster world runs off of screams that they keep in these cool little uh, party balloon uh, tanks uh, or little mini pony cake looking things. Uh, welcome to Monsters Inc. Where, Inc., where James P. Sullivan and Mike Wazowski are the dream team. Uh, great little morning training montage with where he's like, okay, scary feet. Now bunk beds and all that stuff. Very, very funny. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, so funny. Twins in a bunk bed. I thought I was going to get you. He's like, ah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Then they watch a commercial for Monsters, Inc. that explains a little bit more about the Monsters, Inc. does. And includes the tagline, we scare because we care. And then Mike is super stoked to be on TV. But when he is, the, the Chiron, the graphic over screen covers his face. And there's a great beat here that gets called back later where he's like, oh, my God. And Mike and Sully thinks he's disappointed because he was like, yeah. I, he's like, I was on a TV yeah. commercial. <laughs> so funny. The way that uh, they played with that bit specifically and like all the different marketing pieces and stuff they did for this movie are 10 out of 10. But it's so and, it's uh, that wait. that one moment right there for character development is so it tells you everything you need to know about Mike. He's yep. just mm-hmm. excited and a little oblivious. That's that, it. That in the next moment where the phone rings and they're at um, – sully's house and he answers and he starts talking and he's like yeah can you believe it blah blah all this stuff and he's like oh it's your mom and it's just like yeah. that's like yeah. suddenly you understand <laughs> everything about their relationship yeah. like, close oh, these guys yeah. close. very close for a long time like his I mom knew to call moment. sully's house right yeah she's being like mike yeah. would be there yeah, yeah. That's great. no no it was sully's uh, it was Sully's parents. Oh, was so, I'm sorry. It was Sully's yeah, parents. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, but that's that joke saying, is like, so he, perfect kevin yeah. but mike knows a mom so well yeah yeah, yeah got it yeah um Let's see. Uh, Mike wants to drive to work, but Sullivan makes him walk due to the energy crisis the city faces. We're getting a lot of backstory here. As they walk to work, uh, Tony gives Sully a shout out for getting close to breaking the all time scare record. Uh, they arrive at work, and the interior design of this is stunning. And I love early Pixar's commitment to that retro 50s, 60s design aesthetic, uh, which I believe we're probably going to see echoed in a later No Future Spoilers movie starring a family. 
of heroes. Okay, uh, Mike says hello <laughs> to his lady so much. of heroes. They're the Incredibles. <laughs> uh, let's see. Mike says hello to his lady Cecilia. Celia, excuse me, is it Celia or Cecilia? Celia, Celia. played by uh, Jennifer I love Tilly, her. who is freaking great. And I had so no funny. idea until maybe five years ago that she and Meg Tilly are sisters. I didn't know that. I don't know who Meg Tilly is. I don't, I don't uh, either. Meg Tilly is probably who you're thinking of when you think of Jennifer Tilly. But Jennifer Tilly No, is, Jennifer Tilly is the yeah. one in Chucky, no, right? Jennifer Tilly yeah, is all Chucky's I've ever wife. known because of all the Brian yeah. Chucky movies and stuff. Yeah. Yep. We got you. Believe her sister's Meg Tilly. Her this sister is, is true. So you don't, I'm sorry. Yeah. You don't know this for a fact or – I believe no, I'm, I'm, that's what I'm saying. But you guys are now making me think there's they're one person. Maybe her name is Meg Jennifer Tilly. That I didn't know the no, entire no, time. I'm pretty Meg sure she's a different person, but I don't know this woman. Meg, yeah. Meg, is, Meg is Jennifer's sister. That is yeah. a fact. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, she was uh, in the big chill. She was in Psycho Two. But I definitely I don't think one. of Meg Tilly. At all. I've never seen this woman in my life. So you know what? Meg Tilly was married to Colin Firth. Yeah, make Tilly huge. You know, I'm actually I might I may have switched them. You, I may have thought Ma- them, yeah. Jennifer was the older sister and Meg was the younger one. So yeah. Meg is the one. So Jennifer is the one that you always think of. I Jennifer apologize. was the one in um in Liar Liar. Yes, yes, as she played the the woman getting the divorce. Yeah, that movie. Great, great role for her. I apologize, everyone. I'd like to issue an apology to everyone except for you, Randall. <laughs> you fucking know why. You know who you are, Randall. You get it, Randall. Uh, it's her birthday today, and they're going to Harry Hussein's tonight, or I, I maybe I wrote that down wrong. I don't know. Uh, something like and, that. Uh, it's something like that. It turns out Sully Harry Hauser? Hauser's. Hauser's. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. So it turns out Sully hooked him up with some reservations because he's the rock star. We're starting to get a little bit of the dynamic between these two. Uh, then we meet Randall, who wants to beat Sully to the record. Also, Randall is the perfect name for this character. We've already gone over that. You guys fucking know why, Randall. Uh, shout out to Steve Buscemi, who was dope and everything. Uh, Roz gives Mike shit for not filling out his paperwork. And off he goes to his station, his workstation uh, in the scare room. We get our first glimpse of how it all works. Every monster gets a dossier with a kid's profile. And then they they run their little card and they call up his corresponding door. I can't believe how creative this is. What are these people smoking over at Pixar? And can I get a little, if you know what I mean, Andy? Uh, Sully. I do know him. And the monsters do, the heroes walk in and they take their stage. It's I amazing. Sworn there was a this moment where they everything. walk in and then trip. But that might be a different movie. Am I crazy? What movie am I thinking of where they walk in and trip in slow motion? That's, that's definitely a different one. What is it? Damn it. Chad will tell me. And off we go. Sully starts to run up the score on Randall, who is trailing close behind. They almost make their quota for the day until one of the monsters comes back crying because uh, kids just don't scare like they used to. And then a special team is called in to shred Wait, the dead door. He's like, quick. that door is dead. Yeah. Uh, t- you don't have a fun fact on that one, Tim, with the Pixar theory? I'll get to the Pixar theory later. All right. Well, the door is slightly, slightly open there. And there is uh, a poster that you see. It's the same poster you see in Sid's room in Toy Story. Oh. So that is probably Sid's younger sister because it was a girl. Oh. Yeah. Sid has a younger sister and a blonde girl. Wow. Wow. Interesting. That is not at all in the the Pixar theory, but I'll do it right now because you asked so nicely, Kevin. Uh, Of course, every week that we do this, the nanobiologist is going to write in with the Pixar theory. There was a recurring theory that every single Pixar movie is connected in some way. Here's the big deep dive red string everywhere theory for where Monsters, Inc. feeds into the big picture. Everyone remember, shit's about to get fucking crazy as hell, but it's one of those things where over time they get more connected and it starts making more sense. 
Monsters, Inc. is believed to be in another dimension. But what if it's our far, far future? And through the power of human emotions, Monsters found a way to go back in time. As mentioned during the A Bug's Life write-in, that movie is believed to be the far future just before the humans return home from their space voyage that we see in other movies. While Earth may support life, but it's going to be very, very rough. Humans had to evolve, and so do the normal life on the world. Ants evolved to live longer and lived heavier things. What if all other life evolved into monsters? I mentioned before the power of human emotion. That's a driving factor for most of the Pixar movies. It's the most powerful magic in Brave, and it's believed to be why everything happens in the Pixar universe. Monsters found a way to harness this power to power everything, but also a way to get it themselves since humans are no longer around. At this point, Monsters, Inc., it's the end of the line for the theory, but but there's so much connecting tissue, and it's even believed to be the catalyst for the rest of the universe. Time is a flat circle, right? Well, what if Boo became obsessed with finding her best friend Sully? She would stop at nothing to find him. What if she messed up and went way in the past through the wrong door? Also, the people of Monstropolis aren't all crazy and did see a kid floating around causing massive mayhem. What if there actually was a kid who could shoot laser beams out of their eyes, float around, just warp away? Also, Boo had a knack to vanish, right? Her name was Mary, but what if Mary was just a nickname and she had a special gift? So why is an advanced monster society relying on a very different form of energy, unless their planet has been fully drained of resources in the past? And why are they so scared of kids touching them if they aren't actually dangerous? There's a clear linear time flow between the kids' doors and the monster monster world what if it's a fear-mongering tactic from scientists who invented the door technology paradoxes in time are believed to cause catastrophic events if they occur time and space would basically rip apart this is why i believe that it's not because they're deadly but scientists thought kids and items of the past coming to the present could cause a major time paradox when in reality it doesn't but we'll talk about that in future episodes this makes so much Dude, sense my <laughs> mind is my mind is blown right now my and i cannot believe that i mixed up the Tilly sisters. I'm so yeah. sorry about that, guys. Uh-huh. I just, the whole time I thought Meg was Jennifer and Jennifer was Meg. That's, uh-huh. that's on me. That's my you bad. Know, forget everything you know, Nick. Forget, forget everything mm-hmm. you know. Everything. But also, just... it's probably Sid's sister's room. Yeah, forget that's everything. Cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm very, well, the... very excited when we get to the point where, like, we can fully talk about this theory because, like, it's got some strong moments. A lot yeah. of it too. sounds crazy right now, but like it sounds like you all believe in 5G giving us Corona. What's up, Vlad? Here we go. Uh, let's see. Uh, a special team is called in to shred, which, is, which I think is cool. And we get a little backstory from Newswater where he's like, uh, it's getting harder and harder to scare kids. So when they can't scare him, they got to they gotta shut the door. Uh, Randall takes over the scare leaderboard for a moment until Mike finishes up with a slumber party, which is really funny. And then George, a big puffy orange and yellow monster comes out and he's like, but he's got a sock on him. So his assistant, or I guess his, his coworker, I guess his teammate is like, oh no, and calls the 2319 on him, causing the whole place God, to so go bad. on lockdown in preparation for decontamination by the CDA. I want to know what detention the detention agency. Go ahead. I want to know what the people in the CDA look like underneath the suits. Me too. Because they all um, have like similar. They ha- they're like eighty percent similar in terms of their proportions, but some of them have like a longer head. Some of them might have like two heads they, or whatever. I don't know. They just they look just, really. Some of them don't have any. Looking. Yeah. But I just want to see the the monsters. Like, because uh, what's her face? The the secretary lady is the the head of them. She's not wrong. No, no, but I mean, yeah, all like the people in the CDC, all the people in the CDC look like CDA, like CDA look like putties in Power Rangers. Like they all have mm-hmm. the same mm-hmm. sort of proportions, and like I why isn't there so. like I 
Roz is the only one in the CDA that doesn't have those same sort of just um, God. They look like a um, oh, they look like minions is what they look like. And I want to know. I want to know how much they settled for out of court because the minions is a blatant <laughs> fucking ripoff of these damn things. That's Am I a right, pretty Tim? solid statement. Yeah, right they they were just like, hey, mm-hmm. what what's the everyone's so favorite part of Monsters Inc. And someone's like, <laughs> boo. They're like, we can't do boo. Okay, what can't about the other guys? Sully, what can we do? Nope, can't do Sully. <laughs> what about the fucking blob orange things? You can't understand what they're saying the whole time. Yeah, those guys. Those they, guys. Let's do but that. they're all clearly different sizes and shapes, right? Yeah, there. but I'm expecting you know. Like, but when it comes to all the huge ones. When it comes to all the monsters, yeah, yeah, there's right. always like Look weird ass ones one with is. crazy ass mouths and stuff, and there, there's nothing like well, that yeah, in the CDA. You can't You're not getting into the CDA. Yeah, you CDA. can't fit in the suit. Damn. It's just like, I, it's like, just like I wasn't allowed to be in the suit. Well, and there's just, also like ones with like four arms and stuff like that. So clearly there are different suits for different. They're monsters, a little, yeah, they're you know? a little, they're, they're a tiny bit different. But yeah, I definitely want to see a little bit more variety there. But you know they remind me of what I couldn't think? They remind me of the thing in Mother in Earthbound. Kind of look a little like the backpack from Death Stranding, I also. So, yeah. um, I mean, or it's like, like thumb thumbs was... from Spike. Yeah, you remind me of thumb thumbs. That's a great call. Joey. Kevin, please bring up what a thumb thumb is. <laughs> please, do you not know, that do you not know like, what a thumb thumb is? I, I don't know what a thumb thumb <laughs> is. Spike Kids in review. Dude, there's, 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 hold on. There's Let's do it. I need to find three a gift. Give me a second. Find a gift because I'll tell you. There's three things I learned today that <laughs> shocking to me. Yeah. One. I came to the realization I've never seen uh, Monsters University, so that'll be a fun one for me to watch because mm-hmm. I haven't seen that yet. Two, again, <laughs> my biggest, <laughs> my biggest tragedy, not far. knowing the Tilly sisters. I just I switched yeah. them up on you guys, and I'm so sorry about How that. Dare you. And then I I clearly have I don't understand what a thumb thumb is. So <laughs> if you could if you could let me know as I as I progress with this, that's uh, that'd be great. Thank you, Kevin. Uh, oh, yeah, they I'm blow up the sock and. Thank you. And then they shave George down to the skin, and it kind of, Andy, reminds me of that time Tim decided to shave his head and then shivered for a month straight. Yeah, uh, decided. <laughs> the, <laughs> I mean, he did it for the kids. The whole scare floor gets shut down, which sucks because Noose Water uh, is like, you know, is bummed because the company isn't doing so hot, and he's like, we can't afford this. He asked Sully to help out with the new recruits, and Sully's like, sure, I'll go help out with you in the training room, in the Kobayashi Maru training room. Quit in time. Mike sprays himself down with some wet dog scent and tries to pick up Celia until Roz tells him. Uh, she's like, you can't leave right now. We need those scare reports ASAP. But Sully, being the good friend and partner that he is, steps in and says, I'll take care of it, even though it's very convoluted, just like every time I have to do the taxes. Uh, oh, my God. That's terrifying. That is terrible. <laughs> so Audio listeners, are watching. Go ahead, I'm Kat. pretty sure they're robots that are made of only thumbs. They're thumb thumbs. Yeah, thumb thumbs. That's gross. What is he deflecting a volleyball? What's happening? No, they don't have hands. So someone threw something at him, and he's trying to catch it. But there's just no. Oh, they're all thumbs. All thumbs. They're all thumbs. So a little uh, fact for you, Nick, about Roz. Bob Peterson, the movie's story supervisor, provided the temp voice for Roz during production. The nasal sing-song voice proved to be such a success they kept it in the final film. Wasn't that similar to Brad Bird for doing uh, Etna? Yeah. I think so. wasn't wasn't that the same thing for that? God, yeah. God bless him. We'll have to find uh, out. I mean, that's what I heard. If you know, if you just spoilers, yeah. yeah. If you just spoilers. And what I'm movie sorry. is that? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Never heard of it. It's Family heroes come together. I'm sure it's really good. Uh, Incredible. Let's see. <laughs> uh, Sully decides to head back to help Mike with the paperwork, but then when he gets there uh, to file the paperwork, he discovers a door that he didn't know was there. Uh, that didn't get put away, and he thinks about ejecting it, but he spots the red light on the top, so he thinks, hey, there might be someone in there. He heads in to see if there's anyone working. He's like, anyone working in here? Which I think is hilarious. Um, 
And then when he pops out, I think I don't know if this is a part or if it's later, but there is a part where and maybe it's later when he's running through, but uh, oh, that's right. Never mind. We'll get to that. Um, <laughs> let's see. When he pops out, he notices that something's playing with his tail and then it drops the tail and he looks down. It is the world's cutest little girl with the world's cutest pigtails. And they knocked this the design of this kid out of the park. And of course, Sully, thinking humans are dangerous, freaks out and puts her back in a room, but he accidentally takes half of her stuff uh, away with him. So what does he do? What any of us would do, flush it down the, tries to flush it down the toilet, which of course clogs the toilet. <laughs> so he stuffs it in open locker room number 193, uh, which I love the setup for this, this poor, poor orange and yellow puffy guy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> problem solved until he turns around poor and finds the little girl holding onto his back. And then she calls him Kitty and it's freaking adorable. Kitty. It is the best thing <laughs> Perfect. ever. Perfect. Uh, of course, when he runs her back to her door, he finds Randall working overtime, or so he thinks, trying to trying to catch up with the uh, scare record. Before he can get the kid back in her door, Randall locks it away back in the vault in the back room we haven't seen yet. Over at the sushi restaurant, Mike and Celia uh, are having a great time until Sully shows up in a panic for help. Uh, Sully tries to show Mike Boo, uh, who we put, I believe, in a little pet container, but she is walking away with it on her head. Uh, one of the patrons spots Boo when he realizes everyone, when she realizes that everyone has stopped dead in their tracks and terrified of her, she does what every kid would do. She goes, Boo! And then sends everyone <laughs> screaming in the other direction. Uh, of uh, some facts I have from. about the, the restaurant here. The restaurant that Mike and Celia are at is called Harryhausen's. This is an homage to Ray Harryhausen, the man who made the stop-motion animation monsters for films like Jason and the Argonauts mm. in 1963. Oh. Also, the octopus oh. behind the bar in the restaurant with only six legs is a reference to It Came From Beneath the Sea from 1955, a film in which Harryhausen created an octopus with six arms due to budget restrictions. <laughs> That's funny. Fascinating. <laughs> this, uh, this whole part is very just absolutely adorable. I just love the chaos that she's having. You know, she's just wreaking havoc all over the damn place. <laughs> and like, I, it's just all a game where she doesn't know what the hell is happening. Everybody's just losing their shit. Like, this is a national <laughs> emergency. It's so good. Uh, Mike and Sully escape with Boo as the CDA rolls in and decontaminates the entire area in a giant green bubble. Uh, back at Sully's apartment, the guys can't figure out how to deal with Boo. So, uh, she freaks out when they actually take her, uh, ba uh, uh, excuse me, uh, teddy bear away, uh, and cries, which causes a, a minor surge in the power. Uh, Mike tries to console her, but ends up uh, slamming into a bookcase and, and and swallowing an entire stack of books, which of course gets a massive laugh out of her, which then massively blows the power out. Uh, which is a cool little setup for the third yeah, act. It's um, really good. Yeah, it's really really cool. Uh, Boo is sleepy, so Sully leaves a trail of of uh, Cheerios to get her into bed, uh, but she can't sleep, so he does what any good dad would Real do. Quick. He pulls up a chair. What's up? Sorry, before that, there's the moment where, like, we cut to her, and she's, like, on the floor, like, drawing or, or doing something, and goes, ah! And he just throws yeah. the Cheerios, and it goes <laughs> in her mouth. That moment is just, They're so good at finding these so moments good. to, like, make the relationship, like, make the character so cute and adorable, and it's just... And believable. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's a fucking monster and a little kid, but it's somehow yeah. believable immediately because they just treat each other like real people. Yeah. It's awesome. And Nick, very to your, the, the Cheerios like leading her is so <laughs> funny. I saw a TikTok last week that was uh, someone holding a wiener dog and they, they put a bunch of treats that are like little tiny ones like in a line. And it was the Mario Kart music of like the three, <laughs> two, one, and then the just Mario Kart the do 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 and he's just fucking going, just going hard, <laughs> hell fast, <laughs> <as> <laughs> in each street. It's so good. That's great. Um, 
Let's see. Boo is sleepy, but uh, but she can't sleep because she's terrified of the closet door, uh, which it turns out has been assigned to Randall. Uh, she's drawn pictures of her monster. He goes, oh, Randall's your monster. That makes sense. Uh, Sully tries to show her the closet is empty, but Boo still isn't having it. So Sully pulls up a chair and sits in front of the door until she eventually and very quickly goes to sleep. Uh, later, Sully tells Mike that he doesn't think the kid, he's like, I don't think these kids are dangerous after all. Uh, we can just put her back in the door. And Mike thinks that's a terrible idea. He's like, what are we going to do? Just waltz right into the factory? And of course, that is exactly what they do. But they, uh, they dress her up in a homemade disguise made from one of the barca loungers so in Sully's cute. apartment. It's very cute. Very, very cute. One of the little Fun girls fact. I babysat for wore this costume and it was so cute. That's a great. That's, that's a great costume. I, Go I for was going to say that this was the uh, basis, like the 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 main idea, the origin of the Oogie Boogie costume that I made two years ago, mm. where it's like oh, the fun. head goes back and opens up, and it worked. Wow. So nice. That's that's exactly yeah, I just I love the sequence where she is interacting with all the other kids because there's the first one kind of walks up to her, um, the first alien little child. And I don't know what it says, but it's like, it just feels like kids talking to each other, just saying <laughs> nothing, you know? And it's just fucking so cute, dude. Uh, Before when they get we in... move on oh. with the plot real quick, let me tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Me Undies. It's time we stop messing around about funny things and talk about something really serious and important your underwear that's right we're doing it me undies believes undies are something that should be yelled about from rooftops or shorn off in mere selfies for instagram they're not undie shy so let's talk i love undies so much specifically me undies kevin knows it i know it greg miller knows it most of kind of funny knows it we've exclusively been wearing me undies they are the official undies of kind of funny i love them because they have this super soft micro modal fabric uh they come in so many fun prints there's like themed ones licensed ones like star wars stuff or just fun things like sushi yeah, who doesn't love sushi? I know I do, especially when it's all over me, keeping me warm, soft, all the good things. Uh, I wear MeUndies all the time. I have their socks, their shirts, their lounge pants, everything. Could not be a bigger fan. Any product they put out, I'm probably going to get it because they have extremely high levels of quality and everything that I'm looking for in those articles of clothing. They are offered in ranges of sizes, including extra small all the way to 4XL. And uh, now that everyone's working from home, they also offer the softest loungewear, which I can tell you. It's the softest loungewear. Uh, fill your closet with things you actually want to put on, like I do every day of my life. To get your 15% off your first order, free shipping, and 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash morning. That's MeUndies.com slash morning. Next up, shout out to Keeps. Two out of three men will experience some form of hair loss by the time they're 35. Uh, more than 50 million men in the U.S. suffer from male pattern baldness, and there are only two FDA-approved medications that can prevent hair loss. Keeps offers both. Here's the thing. Keeps offers a simple, stress-free way to keep your hair. Low-cost treatments start at just $10 per month, and Keeps offers generic versions. Andy and Nick both realized that they had some, uh, some hair issues, uh, and they decided they were going to do something about it. So they have been making sure... Uh, that they understood prevention is key. Treatments can take four to six months to see results. So they checked this out and it's been working great for them. If you're ready to take action to prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash morning to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash morning to get your first month free. Keeps.com slash morning. Get at it, Nick. 
when they get in there. Of course, the CDA is everywhere. Mike heads off to find Boo's door key. Boo has to pee real bad, so Sully takes her in there to the restroom, but she mostly just wants to sing. He's like, are you done yet? And she's just singing. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> this, was the scene, this was the scene that made me look over at Gene and be like, did they just like record her? And then I looked yeah. up and I'm like, oh my, of course they yeah, did. They did just record her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love that he like, then, go, tries to go in there and she like yells at him. I, like Again, it's all nonsense. But you imagine that yeah. she's being like, I'm not done, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you got to <laughs> yeah. assume that they you, you got to assume that they also just recorded or or rather wrote around moments that she created where she might have said something silly. And they're like, oh, that's a that could be a good scene. That's let's, good. Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. kind of like focus and, and write know, something seems, around this little silly thing she said. Like you got to imagine at this point they like animation, everything right. Doesn't it take a long time of planning and prepping stuff and rendering times and. Yeah, she yeah, got yeah. a writing credit. Don't worry. Yeah, she got a writing credit. Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> uh, let's see. She scares Sully again by making him think she got flushed down the toilet. Uh, and then they start playing hide and seek. And it's very, very freaking cute. Uh, Mike heads to Roz to grab the card Randall used to call up Boo's door. But she sends his ass packing because you didn't turn in your paperwork last night. So I'm giving you no favors. Uh, Randall's handler, whose name I don't know, uh, runs in with a panic and says, what are we going to do about the child? And then Randall tells his like, man. It seems like fungus or something weird. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fungus yeah. is right. Yes. He, voiced um, by Frank Oz. John. Oh. Which I did cool. not even kind of hear. Nope. Not no. at all. That's a yeah. misuse of Frank Oz's talents, if I've ever <laughs> saw one, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's see. Randall tells his man to get the machine up and running, but he, uh, but he's like, when I find that kid, she's dead. And then he's, and then I love this because. Sorry, I missed the beat where he came into the bathroom and he was looking for him. He's knocking open the doors. He's like, when I get that kid, he's dead. Boom, opens it up. And they're, they're all just there. Yeah. And the door swings <laughs> out slowly. This movie does so such funny. a great job of having the the build up and then set up like the three times and the third times the, the, the funniest one. Also, like, yeah. yeah, there's so many times in this movie that like they're the pure people that they're looking for is right there. And there's two plays of action happen. I love that it pays off at the end with. Uh, Sully fighting the invisible Randall and Mike just <laughs> talking to him like, what the hell? It's so good. Uh, uh, they head over to the scare room where Mike has pulled up a door, but Sully immediately is like, that's not her door. And when they open it up, I think German's coming out. Um, so Sully ain't buying. He's like, this isn't Boo's door. He's like, you're not supposed to name it. Once you name it, you get attached to it. Uh, and then Boo <laughs> runs off again. But when the guys try and find her, Celia runs over and tells uh, tells uh, Mike off for the terrible time she had at the sushi restaurant last night. Randall puts two into the Honestly, one of my favorite things. I love the way that they animate all her little like hair snakes and stuff like that mm-hmm. to be like her little like backup crew that's yeah. like, no, you fucked this up. It's so good. You fucking <laughs> tell this man, all right? <laughs> yeah. It's like when you have your whole fr- gr- friend group behind you like texting like no you need to no, tell him did something shit. wrong <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i like uh i like also when when he says something about her hair she's like oh no i definitely need to trim and the snake's like what yeah, like, yeah. and all the, the, the rattles too oh yeah. my god what great design very cool uh let's see randall of course uh hears that and then looks at the newspaper again and puts two and two together and figures out that mike and Sully are the ones that have the kid uh, uh he he confronts mike who turns it right around on him and he's like what we didn't do anything wrong. You were there last night cheating, trying to run the scoreboard up. And Randall's like, yeah, I was cheating. That's what That's I was exactly doing. That's exactly what I That's was exactly doing. That's exactly what I was doing. Uh, and then Randall's like, listen, that it's going to be lunchtime soon. You got until after lunch to put that – basically till the till the bell rings and everyone comes back to put the kid back. Of course, Boo accidentally gets taken out. 
in the trash and, she, and slowly thinks she gets compacted into a little cube. So he's very, very sad about it. So instead, sad. Devastating in, shit. <laughs> she, she I'm a little like eyeball. Daycare. Yeah, okay. it's really sad. Um, and I love this beat where he's like, he's he's forlorn and he's carrying the little cube back with the eyeball sticking out of it. And he's like, ah, she's dead, Mike. And then all of a sudden you hear a, the group of kids behind him like, Mike Wazowski. But I just love how he faints like every time <laughs> like, yeah. when he's looking at the when he's looking at the um, what's what's it called? The. Uh... Am I in the right scene? I'm thinking of the trash compactor. Yeah, it's a trash compactor scene. Yeah, like I just they keep on cutting back to Sully. He just keeps on. He fades like three times. <laughs> like in he's this getting shot. worse. Where it's like, yeah. oh, maybe she's chance. It's like, oh no, it's a flat thing rolling on it. <laughs> yeah, and then the blade, ching, ching, ching. It's so good. I think this movie, like many Pixar movies, does such a good job of being for kids and adults. But I think that this one is unique compared to the others, as far as I can remember. In that, I think it does a good job of doing it for adults first and then explaining it to the kids. Like there's multiple moments where there'll be like a funny joke or something that's clearly more like for adults that understand like what's going on, but then there'll be like something slapstick to explain it as well. Something that's a little bit more tangible is uh, towards the end, like the twist where it's like the adults see the twist happen. We understand what's going on, but then immediately they need one of the characters to tell the other one like, oh yeah, he turned on him because <laughs> it's yeah. like not really clear <laughs> for dumb little kids, but I appreciate it. It's like actually really well done. I'm sorry, I, I skipped ahead there, of course, before uh, Mike and Sully find Boo. Mike is looking for Sully in the locker room, but George has like, George, have you seen him? George hasn't seen him. Of course, George wearing one of those cones that you put on your dog after they've been had surgery. Uh, <laughs> when he opens his his locker, which happens to be locker number 193, all of the human stuff from Boo's room pops out on him, and his piece of shit assistant once again, Handler, calls for a 2319, <laughs> and they come at him one more time. Finally, they, they find Boo. Like, why are you acting like you wouldn't call Twenty one nine or what is it? I can't break the law. I can't break rules. Yeah, you would 20, snitch on Andy yeah. at, at like. With oh, zero. Andy, I'm sorry. And Andy, would, Andy would be happy. He'd be like, "Hey, man, no. I could have done it myself. Thank you." I get Listen, it. Yeah. yeah, I'm not believing that kids aren't dangerous ever. There's nothing you could show me. I don't care if it's 20 years later and kids are fucking running the world. But like, I'm not touching a kid. They're dangerous. I was told they were dangerous. I believe it. Uh, let's see. Uh, they finally find Boo and they accidentally make her laugh again, which makes the power surge like mad. Uh, Mike. Tell Sully and Randall that Randall provided the door for him. But Sully's like, dude, you can't trust Randall. He's fucking crazy. But then Mike heads into the room to prove that everything is okay. And no sooner does uh, does he do that, uh, that that Randall gets to jump on him and locks him into a little box, uh, thinking he's Boo, and then carts him away. Uh, Sully and Boo get saved by the lunch bell and tail Randall down into the secret passage that leads to the doorway in the underbelly of the factory. Uh, Randall dumps Mike out into the chair, and he's like, oh, shit. Well, Kelsey, what are you doing here? He's like, I'm going to unveil my master plan to you. I he's got I got him to revolutionize the scare industry with a bi diabolical machine called the, stream, the Scream Extractor. Uh, but the machine malfunctions when he tries to turn it on, so Randall Horrifying chases the problem down machine. to its source. Oh, yeah, it's terrifying. Uh, somebody has pulled the plug. Uh, when he pushes the plug back in, the machine pops back on. But when he returns, he finds fungus uh, in the scream extractor instead of Mike. And it's basically taken all the screams and the color out of him. Yeah. Which is terrifying. His lips like swollen too. Oh, man. Yeah. It looks it it's looks like the uh, the Kylie Jenner challenge. Ooh. <laughs> we should do that, Mike. You remember this? <laughs> yeah. Nick, it's when you would. Um, Why did I call you Mike? You, you would get like some little. I think you would get shot glasses. What was Yeah. 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 And he, I think it's shot glass. They puffy. they used to sell like actual things for it. Yeah, and then you would like make your lips puffier and swollen. Um, God. 
It, it was a weird, awful trend that happened that on the internet about three years back. Absolutely horrible. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't hear about this. I probably blocked yeah, that look out of it my up, mind. Kevin. Just look it up. We, did we do it for KFAF good. one time? Because I know we no. ate donuts pantsless. No, so we, we ate a lot we of literally bubble gum do one time for views on that show. Remember, oh, we did. I almost, almost ate bubble gum. Remember the yeah, kids ate the bothered. Tide Pods? That was crazy. Yeah. yeah. I, every time, every single time I put um, a little pod in my dishwasher, I think about eating it just for those kids. Give a little munch, just pour one out for the homies. Munch of crunch. The dude who gets stuck in this little machine, though, I love just how... Fungus? He is just so inherently unevil. He just kind of is following <laughs> the rule or whatever, and he's like, "Come on, I'll give you a ride. I, I, you know my car. You see that really nice car? I'll uh, I'll give you a ride." <laughs> like, think <laughs> you think that Mike's gonna like give him the car? He's just yeah. like, "I'll yeah. just offer I'll you a ride." Give he's you like, a ride. "Sorry, Mike. You know how it is. I can't do that." <laughs> he's just such a nice dude. Yeah, he's he just got just, caught up in the just, wrong crowd, you know. Right? Yeah, it's it's exactly right. It's just uh, Randall. Being terrible, stupid that's Randall. Randall's, that Randall's a great bad guy. Great bad guy. Yeah. Um, Mike wants to split, but Sully has a better idea. He heads to the scare class to talk to Mr. Water Noose. But when he gets there, the old man is like, "Come on, you got to show these kids how it's done." So he makes him roar, uh, which scares the bejesus <laughs> out of Boo. Um, Mike tells so Water Noose the situation while Sully tries to convince Boo that that uh, his scaring wasn't real. But when he sees himself on the monitor, he realizes how terrifying he is. Uh, Why? Seems actually, I love this moment too. I don't want to. That's the moment of the movie. Honestly, it's it's a great moment. This moment made this movie like the the ten out of ten level that it is. Where it's like it was so good before, and it was so funny, and the characters are great. But this was like, oh my god, there's like a level of heart and emotion to this that I didn't even know was possible. And Nick, real quick uh, before we go too far into this, uh, you mentioned the monster, and we skipped past this. But a fun fact about the giant monster when they're in the beginning of the movie and they're like Mm -hmm. walking and they say hi to him, uh, and there's like a weird like chicken sound. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, I think so. so yeah. Uh-huh. When Sully greets Ted, the monster's so big we only see the lower half of his body, he was originally supposed to roar like Godzilla. The filmmakers asked permission from Toho, Godzilla's film studio, to use the roar, but Toho turned them down, so Ted responds with a chicken cluck instead. <laughs> <laughs> great. That's great. <laughs> they could have yeah. gone for the T Rex in Jurassic them. Park. Yeah. <laughs> but then anyway. Anyways, sorry, back uh, to this amazing scene. Uh, let's see. Uh, and I love that, right? Because of course, when he sees himself on the monitor, that is the realization that what he's been doing has been actually Fuck pretty that. terrible for these kids the entire time. Uh, and that is a great emotional changing point for both him and the story. Um, let's see. Water news seems receptive at first, but you kind of get the feeling that he's actually the bad guy, especially when he brings in a crazy big metal door that leads to Antarctica uh, or wherever it was. I North Pole, South Pole. I don't know. Sully and Nepal. Mike find themselves. Tr- Nepal, thank you. Sully and Mike find themselves trapped in the human world. Nepal, to be exact, the Himalayas, as Kevin pointed out. Out of frustration for Sully, never listening, Mike tackles Sully right into the Yeti, played by John motherfucking Ratzinger. I love the Yeti. Fucking love the Yeti. Yeah. And he is overjoyed to have company. He's very excited <laughs> to have some people of his own. And I love that it's the Yeti, but he's actually a monster that got trapped there or like exiled there or whatever, uh, along with Bigfoot, who we get a call back to. Super funny. Uh, the abominable. Why not adorable? Yeah. <laughs> adorable? Uh, just so uh, we're clear, like there's no lemons there, right? No. I don't know how he made the thing yellow. No, you do. Could have went to the store. No, he's peeing some lemons. He went outside. Ratzenberger. How did I get his name so wrong? John yeah. Ratzenberger. We all knew what I, he I, I thought it was Ratzenberger, yeah. but I kind it of is. didn't know if you said it correctly. I didn't want to correct No, it. I combined John Ratzenberger with John Reis- Reisinger. 
Oh, got it. <laughs> and I put them two together. I apologize. Sure. Um, let's see. Sully flips. Oh, yeah. Yeti tells him that the human world. He's like, it ain't so bad. There's a delightful little village nearby with lots of kids. And then Sully flips and starts digging through all the Yeti's ski equipment because he's like, I got a plan. I'm going to go to that village and go through one of those doors and find my way back um, so he can save Boo. But Mike wants to have it out. What about us? What about everything we've ever worked for? What about Celia? I'm never going to see her again. Doesn't that matter? What about me? Don't I matter? And he says, I'm sorry, Mike, but Boo is in trouble. We have to save her. But Mike tells Sully that the time, and he's like, this time, you're on your own, buddy. So I Sully takes on. I love that line delivery. I love the animation here. Yeah. they The animators did such a great job of emoting with the one eye they have. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> and just kind of showing like, you're on your own, man. Like, I love the, I love what they do there. The, that moment always stood out to me as a kid to see, man, these these people are so good at what they do. <laughs> the and ones story that, like, wise, the ones that barely get credited, that their names just flow by and we barely see their names. Like, they are the, they are just magicians. Yeah. Shout out to the real Randall out there. He, he's not all bad. He might be a Poor little Randall. skeezy, but he's really good at animating. <laughs> uh, but story-wise, I thought that this definitely could, and in other movies, and in, in many other movies, like these kind of like the friends turning on each other thing never works, you know, because it doesn't feel earned or it just feels like it's kind of contrived and out of nowhere. This totally feels like it makes sense, and the way that it's resolved, I'm like super satisfied with. Yeah. I agree. Um, Sully takes off down the hill, uh, but eats it big time until he hears the sound of the village, which inspires him to keep going back at Monsters, Inc. Sully pops out of George's door. Uh, George's assistant spots another sock on him. But before he can scream for another 2319, uh, George crams the <laughs> fucking sock down his stupid throat, which I fully expect Andy to do to me one day. Just wring my neck. Um, I'm not doing this again. <laughs> down in the basement, Sully rescues Boo from the scream extractor, but as they run off, Randall turns invisible and starts strangling Sully. Uh, of course, Mike comes in to save the day unwittingly. He has no idea what's going on. And he just throw. He's like, "What? What's going on?" He throw, accidentally throws a, a snowball, which smashes right in Randall's face, uh, revealing him uh, and showing Sully where to punch. Until he does the old Batman bah, and just knocks his ass out. Um, they snatch his card and head to the scare room, uh, but Celia catches up with them. So Mike comes clean, and then uh, she, being the awesome person that she is, runs interference for them so they can get to the door. Uh, and then we get. Well, I think it's just probably the best, uh, just the best scene in the whole movie, which is them riding the doors, looking for booze while oh. Randall chases so them. Good. Um, sorry, booze they, door, they not booze, laugh, not actually right? goggle. Uh, yeah, they make her laugh, which powers and all, all the, doors. the doors light up. The doors, yeah, because at first they shut down the power, and then she laughs, and it, and I think it powers all the doors, which allows mm -hmm. them to find what they're looking for. Uh, and then of course they start. Um, they head through each one, and like the first one is a tropical paradise. Another one, I think, lets them out in like Japan with I a nice view of Mount Fuji. <laughs> Real quick, just like uh, the smallest of line that just gets me so much every time, and it may, it's not even that funny. I don't know why I laugh at it so much, but when they are dropped into Japan, and they're like, "No, the door slide, the door slide." Oh, right, right, right. they slide. Yeah. They slide. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's such a quick little back and forth, but it gets really me every good. time. Uh, Randall catches up to them and snatches Boo, uh, and then he releases their door, uh, which they climb through right in the nick of time before it smashes to the ground. Again, just super freaking creative. Like, how are they gonna? How are they gonna live? Open the door, go through it. Awesome. Uh, Mike and Sully chase after them, but when they catch up, Randall gets the better of Sully and does the old "I'm gonna stomp on your hands" as I monologue, and you hang on for dear life. But Boo ain't having it. She uh, she jumps on Randall's head and starts beating his ass, and as she does. I love it because he, he changes <laughs> colors with every like punch. Like he just, you know, so many different awesome. patterns. One of the patterns is the wallpaper from Andy's room in Toy Story. 
I really thought there would be a lot more callbacks, but I guess there. I, I don't know why I thought there was going to be a, a shit ton more, but there also just wasn't a lot of Pixar movies anyway to begin with at that point. So. Are you talking about just in the the camouflage thing or in the movie in general? In the camo, yeah, oh, gotcha. the camo shit. Because yeah, we do see, I know we see a, Nemo. We see Nemo in that, and doorway. Jesse's in it, and the um, in the the room, the scare test room, the little mobile on the top. That's the same one that Buzz Lightyear. Spawn on when he was like saying he could fly. Got the it. moment too where she hands she's they're like playing with toys in her room and she hands him a, a Woody, right? Jesse. Jesse, that's what it was. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. Um I was wrong about that. That and the Tillies. Uh let's see. <laughs> we'll never forgive you for the Tillies, Nick. I'll never forgive myself. <laughs> nothing is nothing is real anymore. Everything's on its fucking turned upside down now. Uh of course, uh Sully proclaims very loudly she's not scared of you anymore looks like you're out of a job uh, and they throw randall through a door that leads to uh is it the mobile home from ants that they yes. that they that it goes not to? ants buzz like bugs life but yes. bugs life excuse me not ants why did i put it? a bug's life and then the two people that inhabit this place eat him alive uh when they get to boo's door the power is out so newswater brings them back to the scare room uh with all the cda uh, goons in tow mike barfs up a sock to distract them while sully and boo escape um sully gets boo back to her uh to her bedroom and confronts newswater who cops to kidnapping is i i'd kidnap a billion kids if it meant saving this company uh but it turns out it was all a clever ruse guys because it's not boo's room at all it's the simulation uh and he just confessed murder. they got us dude they fucking they, got they us. got them good. and they got us too it was good <laughs> that's they like got the man, receipts we're, we're talking about we think like how amazing the intro to mission impossible fallout was just a rip off of this movie when you think about it <laughs> Totally. <laughs> I mean, I, I watched Point Break last night, and people pointed out that Fast and Furious was a ripoff of that, and Point Break was a ripoff of this movie. So it all comes <laughs> back wow. to Monster <laughs> I didn't think about Monster it that way. Wow. Well, Tim, remember, Tim said time, circle, circle. Flat circles. Circle, circle. Circle, circle, circle. is what he said. That yeah, is how circle, he explained circle. it. Time, circle, circle. circle. <laughs> it's a pizza, pizza. Uh, the CDA bring in their leader, who it turns out, Number one is none other than Roz. The whole thing was a sting operation. We've expected, we suspected Newswider Randall from the beginning. Well, way to help us out there, Roz. We almost died. Uh, and then he goes, so about I the I love girl. that reveal. And Roz, right now it was great. And then Roz says, I just, or Sully says, I just want to send her home. And so Roz agrees under the condition that after they send her home, they shred her door. Uh, and he gets like one chance to say goodbye. And she says, I'm sorry, that's the way it has to be. So Boo hugs Mike. With one last Mike Wazowski. And then Sully takes her back to her room where she promptly offered. This is where she offers him the toys uh, to play with. which is just the Jesse toy. Um, but Sully says his goodbye. And she calls him Kitty again. And he says Kitty has to go. And it's freaking heartbreaking. And then, as if to say the fucking scene, Joey, can't get any sadder. He goes know, into the closet, closes the door. And she runs after him. But when she opens it, it's just her closet. She goes, and he's gone. And that was yeah, nobody there. fucked up. It was <sighs> Fucked. Oh, yeah, horrible. They, they, they didn't need it. Really sad. In, you know what I mean? Like, you can't yeah. do that to us, Should you know? Uh, How did that not get them the Oscar? That moment right there. You know? <laughs> I don't know, man. Shrek. Well, I was just Shrek. Like any better than that. <laughs> I'm a donkey. A donkey. I'm a Scottish accent. Donkey. Stupid ass Come Shrek. On, what the fuck Who's ever here? even seen Shrek? Come on. I saw Shrek one time. <laughs> the never that the Tim hasn't seen it is upsetting. And I just want to acknowledge that. What's upsetting? A couple things that are upsetting. One, obviously, the fact that, again, I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to own this, guys. I didn't know the Tillies. Uh, 
to the fact that it took us to today to reach the conclusion that we could call Andy Andy Newman. We'd never figured that one out before. Mm-hmm. So Nobody that was had. huge. Mm-hmm. You know, doing good work. And then um, I forgot what the third one was. We'll just keep going. Yeah, not important. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Surely couldn't have anything to do with Shrek. Oscar? Oh, that's right. What it was? It was. That's what. That's what it was. But uh, it may be the Oscar too. I don't know where I was going with that, Kevin. You were right. Uh, Back at Monsters (laughs) Inc., they shred Boo's door, and everything is left except (sighs) one small shard, which uh, Mike hands to Sully as a keepsake. Um, and then the CDA locks up Newswater, and everyone is bummed because it means the end of the factory. And he goes, hey, at least we had some laughs, right? Which, of course, gives Sully a great idea. Mm-hmm. Cut to a kid's room. Spooky. Terrifying. Scary even. Mike Wazowski emerges from the dark to do the scariest thing a human or monster can do, guys. Stand-up comedy. Uh, oh, and he so starts- fuck. This shit is <laughs> so hard and it's so, so real where I was like, oh, no. Yeah. Of course, he starts it's bombing like crazy. Uh, he's very, very painful. We've all been there. We've all like, been what is happening? Uh, uh, and then he swallows the mic and burps it up, which causes an uproarious laugh from the kid. Uh, and it turns out Mike is on a roll, man. He's the new guy. It's his job. And now his and Sully's roles appear to have been switched, or at least they're trading off. And it turns out he's made his quota in one day, and he's like, nothing to it, man. He goes, well, it also helps that laughs, uh, as it turns out, are ten times more powerful than screams. Uh, So that's their new power that everything's running off of, and the day is saved. Mike and Sully are the saviors, and the icing on the cake, Mike's on the cover of a magazine. Of course, this is a callback (laughs) to the earlier thing, because he's covered up by (laughs) – his picture's covered up by the barcode of the magazine. I'm also so not funny. sure what graphic goes up on pick on our on roosterteeth.com when we post these websites up, but I definitely made Pixar in review with Mike and Sully and Sully or <laughs> Mike is just completely covered up by the font on the bottom. That's perfect. Disney Plus so when good. it first launched had the same thing. Oh, that's you'd great. Pull Monster Sink, <laughs> the next playing thing would be covering him. God, that's it's amazing. Brilliant. That's really funny. Uh everything is great. Uh everything is they saved except for one thing. Sully misses Boo. But Mike has a little surprise for him. It took him a while, but he managed to put Boo's door back together, every single shard, including the ones that he ended up getting in his hands. And he says, you know, though, it only works if you have every piece. And, of course, Sully's been keeping that piece at the back uh, of his clipboard. So he takes it off, and he puts it back in place, uh, and he opens the door one more time. And when he does, the sun hits his face. His his face is bathed in sunlight, and we hear Boo's voice one more time say, Kitty. And that's oh, just so thing. good. So good. Those motherfuckers. <sighs> motherfuckers. Andy get, gets me they, every freaking time. They get every us time. every freaking time. Keep on uh, filibustering because I'm just kind of getting emotional and over I here. On, and I, yeah, dude. Forget, filibuster. Forgot to get this thing ready. Filibuster. Uh, here we go. Seven syllables in the middle. You need five for the first and last line. If you're not poetic, no need to fret it. Haikus don't need to rhyme. Haiku in review. Haiku. You can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny to write your review in haiku form, just like, of course, the miscellaneous did. This is the plot in haiku. Three haikus to get us through today. Sully's got top scare. Then a child gets out. Beware. Now, the monster's scared. Boo, under their care. They find Randall's secret lair. Sully, in despair. One heroic pair. Fighting Randall in midair. Now laughter they share. Jeez Louise. Miscellaneous, dude. man. Oh, Mars, dude. That was really good. Oh, good. And that's all we got for today. All for right. Haiku. Wow. Interview. Wow. Thank you, miscellaneous. 
Andy, hit me with a little bit of that. Ragu bagu. Ragu. Bagu. Wow, you found some samples, Andy, there that sounded exactly like uh, your normal voice. That was cool. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Real cool. Uh, crap, Great. I don't have these. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Rad Guys Talk Bad Guys here. On kind of funny. Uh, last <laughs> week we ranked. Uh, who did we rank? It was the Bugs Life, right? So we ranked. Oh, Hopper in the gang, right? Hopper in the gang. Number right one. Right now we got number one. Lotsa from Toy Story three. Number oh, two. Shit. Okay, thank you. Prospecta slash Al from <laughs> Toy bad. Story two. Well, I mean, I, you, you should have listened. Yeah, you I did. You <laughs> sent it to me last week. I apologize. Gotcha. I, I should. We have Woody. Woody and Forgot Sid from Toy Story one. Gabby from Toy Story four. I I don't have where Hopper w- was ranked. Shoot. <laughs> Hold on, I'm, t- I'm checking because I think I'm gonna look at the comments, see if anyone there watching live knows. I apologize. Wait, hold on, let me see if I have this. Did you get my updated Pixar rankings, by the way, Kevin? Yeah, but we're not using it till. Are, are we using them now? Okay, I have it right here. I'm no, sorry, I did, I did write it down. I apologize. Rad guys talk, bad guys in Pixar. What number one? Lots of from Toy Story three. Number three, the prospector slash Al from Toy Story two. Number four is where we ranked Hopper from Ants. Uh, I put that in there, and that's mm-hmm. a, you know, as you guys, you know, if it's written down, it's written down. Then Woody and Sid from Toy Story One, uh, followed by number six, Gabby from Toy Story Four. So where do we want to rank uh, the bad guys? Uh, I guess Moose, Noose Water and Randall. Dude, top tier, right? Like these guys are the best, the best of the best. See, I I still think Lots is better. Yeah, I think lots of and the prospector are better. Time, so I don't even remember. Yeah, you what, know what? what Me his too. Yeah. I put these at three. It's going to be really too. hard to. Y'all crazy. I think to top those other ones, uh, but I, I want to give them extra points because I just really truly enjoy Steve Buscemi's performance. Mm-hmm. Like, and not you know, putting aside the characters' motives and the level of their evilness, I just really enjoy Steve Buscemi in that so role. Good. I think he. I think he does such a great job. So he that the, Steve Buscemi gets a lot of extra points there for me. I give him extra points for the look too. Love the way he looks. Love the way oh, he yeah. moves and is animated. The slitheriness. It's just like that's bad guy one on one, and I, yeah. I do appreciate that. But I just think that with Toy Story two, the prospector and Al, that there was multiple levels of bad guys that you were upset about and like we're really giving issues to the main characters and then lots of from toy story 3 specifically it's like the the bad guy made the story happen and it yeah. made it as impactful as it all is so i agree i'll put it i think it's a little more depth than those two i feel like we have a lot of depth here with uh with um uh what noose wet noose that's his name water noose, noose? water noose, water water. noose. thank you i was close I i'm was pretty close. sure it's water noose yeah but... water noose sounds right with Water News and uh, Sully's relationship, yeah, right. I, I get that we don't get like a ton of it, but like there's so much implied that as soon as we see it, I feel like makes total sense. And like the way the characters interact, like there's a real relationship. So when that betrayal happens, ah oh, man, that like it's heartbreaking. I, I felt something, yeah, mm-hmm. heartbreaking there. I feel like for me, this goes under a bug's life just because I'm feel like I'm starting to get fatigued with like the turn of the villain in these movies. I feel like now we've had what three or four, I guess this is the third one, right? I don't know if we really count Gabby as like having a turn, but I just do really appreciate with a bug's life that um, Hopper was just very out there as a bad guy. Mm -hmm. 
but I still think it's better than the other two Toy Story movies. On any given so, day, you could probably convince me to put me ab- put it above Hopper, but today I feel like it's below. Should we vote? Who thinks? I mean, I, mean, I wrote it down as Newswater. So now it's Newswater and Randall are better than Hopper from Ants. Raise your hand. It's Bugs Life, but... I guess I you wrote, you wrote, wrote it down, down as Sorry, yes, it's my bad, my bad. That's how it lives now. Who thinks they're better than the Prospecta slash AI from Toy Story 2 is how I wrote this down? One person. So, ladies and gentlemen, the new list is Al. lots of... Uh, AI Al, I know. Or Al. Al, is that Al? Oh, my God. Yeah. You just pulled us. Oh, my God. That's the biggest <laughs> two gods thing ever. Uh, or somebody wrote of- into the show <laughs> called named Bo, B-O, and he called him 80, thinking it was an 80. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, the rank is Lotsa from Toy Story 3, Prospector slash Owl from Toy Story 2, uh, Water News and Randall from Monsters, Inc., Hopper from Bugs Life, Woody and Sid from Toy Story 1, and then Gabby from Toy Story 4. That's where we're at right now. Tim, next week, remind me, Nick, it's on your computer, computer, computer. Not your phone, not your phone. Okay, we'll thank do. you. Maybe put it on days. your phone, too, just right now. It's supposed to be. The, the notepad were, is shared. I don't know why like it didn't the, pop up uh, on my phone. So the ghost of Christmas past, like yeah, yelling out to echo. you. <laughs> that was the echo. Sorry. Okay. Uh, now it is time to rank the Pixar movies. Currently, number one, we have Toy Story 3. Number two, we have Toy Story 2. Number three, we have Toy Story 4. Number four, we have Toy, Toy Story. Story. And number five, we have A Bug's Life. Where do we put Monsters, Inc.? I want to start it off, and I want to I want to get real, and I need to say this quickly change my mind. I'm putting it at number two. Wow, I five this second. movie's really fucking good. It has so much heart, so much character. I have so little to complain about, and it is just so creative. Uses rules in a way that I love, and made me laugh the entire time. Almost made me cry. Didn't quite make me cry. Whereas I bawled my fucking eyes out at Toy Story three. So because of that, I am putting it number two, and I'm not going to think too hard about how much I love Toy Story two. I'm yeah. going to put this at number one. Because, <laughs> and I'll tell you why. I think I'll when we did, I think when we did the vote, I I, th- I don't think I had Toy Story three as the number one movie. I think I had maybe two as the number one. Um, but I just think it's it's such a complete movie. I I like the ensemble here more than I do in Toy Story. I know that's like wild to say, but I that is I, I just like I don't believe Billy it. Crystal and and John Goodman together more than I do. Um, Fucking! I was gonna say Woody Harrelson, Tom Hanks, <laughs> Woody, Woody Harrelson, <laughs> the whole Allen, cast yeah. of Cheers. I didn't like. Yeah. Get him out of here with Kirstie Alley. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna put it at number one. Um, Toy Story three is the one that ends with them. Well, almost ends with them like dying in the fire, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one with Lotsa as the bad guy. Just, yeah, yeah. The fi- like I don't know why I, I, know I cried love, everything, like, and I just so, never so cried bad. at the end of T- Toy Story three. I don't know why. I I think Toy Story three is just a. I mean, it's obviously a longer and more thought out and more well-rounded movie. So I don't know that I can put monsters Inc above it, but if all three of you do, I can't stop you. (laughs) All right. There you go. Yeah. I feel like the end of toy story three for me was like a, Oh my God, I can't believe they're doing this versus I feel like I had more of like tugging at the heartstrings with the kitty and boo stuff. Um, which is why I would put it higher. Um, I also think it's just really hard to rank a, at this point, one-off movie versus an entire, like, ranking of a series, even though we're ranking them one by one. I feel like there's just so much that builds into all three or four of those movies. Yeah. But I disagree with Andy that I think that the ensemble cast of Toy Story is better, but I think that the 
relationship with uh, Mike and Sully is really strong. And like all the other points are stronger than just the ensemble cast. I, I agree with uh, Joey and Andy. I think that this movie is phenomenal. I Growing up, the Toy Story series always meant so much more. But just something about rewatching it, like it, it, it's it's such a well-made movie that like, at the end of the day leaves me so uh, like excited with the, the ending. Because like, there was a point where it ends and Sully is forever sad and like that's fine. I, I could have understood that he took that hit for all monster kind, you know? But, like, <laughs> then they undo that. Because, like, why not? Like, why not give us such happiness? And they, they just something about that I, I love. Yeah, see, I'm the opposite of it, where I see it as kind of cop-outy. I love it, but it it definitely makes me kind of go, okay. Like, that was a, an easy win, as opposed to, like, a harder choice to, like, get something out of me. Yeah, but, like, Toy Story 3's moment where they're all about to melt, melt like, get melted in the giant fire... That's a cop out of like, all right, cool. We're gonna make it all seem like they're gonna die, and then they didn't. I feel like but that's that's the not the way. end of that movie though. But that's my thing is like, then, yeah, but that's like, there was that moment. They just turn it off before you know. <laughs> no, because the actual end of that movie is <laughs> Tim. The I didn't see it. I wasn't invited to that picture thing. You know what I mean? Of all of it, and it was just it's so so much more. I think kind of complete as a story on top of it being the end of a series or not end. It should have been the end for at that point. But the, the new rankings are number one. Get out of here. You know what I mean? Monsters Inc. Number okay. two, Toy Story three. Number three, Toy Story two. Number four, Toy Story four. Number five, Toy Story, and number six, A Bug's Life. Um, we will return with Pixar in review in a couple of weeks. Uh, don't know exactly when yet because there is a whole bunch of fun stuff going on with Snyder Cut and Falcon and Winter Soldier, and God knows what else is going to be thrown our way. Uh, but stay tuned to the show. We will announce what we will be doing every week as we are doing it. But remember that later this week, uh, next week, we are doing Snyder Cut and Kong Skull Island to continue Godzilla MonsterVerse in Snyder review. Cut. Snyder Cut. You know what I mean? Like, God <laughs> damn it. Like, I can't it's believe we're here. Dude. I can't believe. I, and I like to think that we, like, caused this a little bit. Not fully. Oh, yeah. We're to blame. But you mean we're, the we're to blame. We are, we to, are blame. to blame. We should have stopped yes. it when we had the time. Now I don't think it should be. I think we just place all blame on Greg. Yeah. I don't it's think bad. it's but fair like, to put it all on. Hey, guys, on. look what we like, made happen. Be mean. Until next time. <laughs> yeah. Brand Click that like button or so help me. <laughs>